All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the No Names, No Numbers podcast. I'm your host, Pat LaBelle. Today is a solo mission. Tom picked up another class, so he couldn't come today based on our schedule. Uh, but I figured that's probably a good thing. I know this week I put out two pieces of writing that have been wildly different than anything I've ever done before. So it's probably good that it's just me. Uh, I really want to take this time today to explain these changes even more than you might have got just from the writing. And I talked first about the idea of therapy and, and looking back on your past and seeing how that affects today. So in the spirit of doing that, I think one of the most helpful things I can do is just look back at a couple of the segments I did last year. And I referenced them on the podcast the other day with Liam and Colin and Tom, but I know that the pot, nobody was listening back then, <laughs> just to be completely honest. So yeah, let's take a look back at a couple of those, and I'm going to talk through uh, how they're affecting me today. Uh, I think that's pretty important. So without further ado, let's go to the first ever Keeping It Real segment. Also, I apologize for the bad audio. I don't have a dongle. <laughs> My bad. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the No Names and Numbers podcast. First and foremost, thank you, everyone, for the outpouring of support. Uh, I'm not naive enough to think we're perfect. There's tons to improve on, but it's nice to know people are listening in, so thank you. Before we get into an awesome interview with the one and only Jets fan, Jared, I want to start today's show off with what will now be the first recurring segment, Keeping It Real. I was brainstorming wacky and loony segment ideas, but at the end of the day, I think the content missing in today's world is just being absolutely real. What does that mean? Well, for starters, it means peeling back the curtain on topics I believe we all think about, but don't like to talk about. So laugh, poke fun, and joke at me, because trust me, I can handle it. All I ask is that you listen. Jesus Christ, get to the point. The first topic, going to the gym. What makes you qualified to talk about working out, doughboy? Fair question. I'll explain. First semester, I went to the gym one time and cherry-picked buckets for pickup basketball. I left dead tired and vowed to never return. Both a new year, new me mentality, I decided to return this semester, and let me say, it ain't easy when you're trying to get in shape. I ran a half mile around the track and legitimately thought my heart was going to pop out of my chest. This, on top of seeing guys as chiseled as the rock, and girls who are likely Instagram models selling some fake green tea concoction, had me thinking, this is why people don't go to the gym. But then I thought to myself, and no, keeping it real can be corny, I'm just going to improve every time I come. Whether that means going from five laps to seven, or 50-pound bench to 75, I really just want to improve going forward. And as for worrying about people laughing at me or judging, screw them. If you can't respect someone for trying to make a positive change in their life, you got some real issues, my friend. Okay, Preacher Pat, what's your point? Are you telling me to work out now just because you've been going a couple times a week for two weeks? No, I'm not. I just wanted to share my experience to let anyone out there thinking about it to go for it. Enjoy making small improvements and someday, I believe we can all be The Rock or Green Tea Instagram model. You have to eat right, too, but that's for another time. All right, so let me talk a little bit first about what's happened since I first recorded that. 
Uh, I talked about how I think then I was two weeks from when I first decided I was going to start working out again and trying to get in shape again. Uh, and it is, it is, I know the struggle. It is so hard when you're first going there, you're not in shape. Everything you do sucks. The next day you wake up, you are in pain. You're sore. You don't want to go back. And you look at these people around you and you see the finished result and it's very discouraging. I know, I know how it is, but on a positive note, let's look at, I want to talk about myself today. So back then I said I was going three times a week. Um, I was doing like five laps around the track, a couple other things here and there. Um, but after I recorded that, that wasn't just smoke. Um, I really did end up following my own advice. And that's something I want to, I got to talk about that too, because all these keeping it real segments that I recorded, I framed them as if they were advice for other people. They weren't. They absolutely weren't. These were advice pieces for myself. And this just gave me a place to come where I felt like I could say it. And after putting it out there, I felt like I would have to hold myself accountable because if I'm saying I'm doing these things and I don't, uh, then I'm a fraud. And that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, when you try to make changes all by yourself is, you know, you only can have so much personal accountability, but once you tell someone else your goal, um, it holds you accountable a bit. But anyways, I keep getting distracted. Um, well, those five laps, they went to six, and the three times a week went to four, and then the six laps went to seven, and the four times a week went to five. And I kept doing it and doing it and making these tiny little changes. And you, I can't stress enough, you can't tell these differences day by day. It just doesn't happen. But I, I figured out that when I kept doing these things, these little things every single day, a couple months passed, passed and I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I am in the best shape I've ever been in in my life. And I don't say that to be, oh, look at me. I'm in great shape now because even right now I'm not in great shape. It just kind of shows how out of shape I really was. Um, but I, I really want people to understand that if you continue to make these small improvements, there I, I have lived it, and I will tell you that it really does work, and it is so, it's so cliche. Just, oh, make your bed, make one small little change. Those little changes make all the freaking difference. I lived it myself. I ended up losing about 25 pounds um, from when I was, where I was, but what I didn't realize at the time, at the time, it was all about weight for me. I, I was like, I'm... I weigh too much. This isn't good. Um, it's not about the weight. It really was not about the weight. It was about feeling I could hold myself accountable and I could keep making these changes and end up having a positive impact for myself. Uh, so I'm not going to say I'm not happy. I didn't lose all that weight because I feel more healthy. I feel more energized. I feel more ready to go. But it wasn't about weight. It was about building the self-confidence and, and building the idea that Anything you want to do, if you set small little goals and you keep following them and you keep achieving them, you can make big changes. Uh, I also want to talk about how I'm a total hypocrite for doing this segment at this time, keeping it real. And then I went on to just totally joke around for the next, whatever it was, 30, 35 minutes of that podcast. And it's not Jared's fault. It's not Tom's fault. Uh, I'm supposed to be the one dictating, not... I'm not the dictator, but I'm the one that's making decisions on how the show is going to be. 
Uh, and it was a total, it, basically it was a total ripoff of Pardon My Take. And the reason for that was I've been listening to that show for years. And we think that these media outlets don't mean anything, that it's just all entertainment. But there's a saying that you're, you end up becoming the people, the five people that you, you're closest to. And that's not just people in real life. Um, if you listen to Pardon My Take three times a week, uh, chances are, even without realizing it, you are going to slowly morph into, into Big Cat, into PFT, into those guys' personalities. And they're great. And I respect what they do. I like what they do. But you forget that you're never going to be better than being Big Cat. You're never going to be better at being PFT. But you can be better at being Pat LaBelle. It sounds... I, I hate the way... I, no, you know what? No, I'm not apologizing for it. This is how I honestly feel about it. And these are the reasons why I'm making these big changes to the site. I am an entirely different person than I was a year ago. Um, and that all started, I, I talked about looking in the mirror. That all started when I looked in the mirror one day. So let's go to the second, keeping it real. One of my favorite songs ever made is Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. Is it disturbingly ironic considering MJ probably saw himself as a child in terms of his relationship preferences? Absolutely. But the message of the song becomes so powerful if you really listen to the lyrics. He talks of seeing kids in the street with not enough to eat. But instead of complaining about the issue of homelessness, what does his next line say? I'm starting with the man in the mirror. With that in mind, I want to tell a little story about something that happened in my public speaking class this week. We watched a TED Talk titled, Five Ways to Kill Your Dreams. And afterwards, we were asked to give our feedback on the speech. I assumed everyone was going to praise this speaker, but boy, was I dead wrong. Nearly every person in the class ripped the speech apart. She didn't show credibility. You can be an overnight success. And my personal favorite, I couldn't tell if she was being serious with regard to the title of the speech. Now, is there anything wrong with constructive criticism? Absolutely not. But what drove me to the point of insanity was the hypocrisy of the negative comments. I'll explain. On the first day of class, it was made apparent that everyone would have to stand up in front of the room and read their favorite song lyrics. No singing or anything like that required. Of course, Goody Two Shoes Me went first and pretty much bombed the singing rendition of Don't Stop Believin'. I was a little red in the face, but I figured if I got it over with, then I could just sit back and see everyone else suffer. But when the next class ended 10 minutes early and our teacher said she only needed one or two students to go, not a single volunteer hand shot in the air. I'm sympathetic to the fact many students took that class to overcome a fear of public speaking. But to then become a master critic of a TED Talk, which is literally the pinnacle of modern day public speaking, two days later is maddening to me. I said this to two fellow students on the way out of class, along with the comment, I'm not trying to be an asshole, because I'm really not. I just look at my own experience from first semester to second, and can honestly say every positive change I've made has been a result of taking a good hard look in the mirror and asking myself the hard questions we don't like to think about. People are constantly complaining about things being too hard, but I find it quite simple. As MJ said it best, 
if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. And that's just keeping it real. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, the thing that jumps out to me right away is anytime you have to start a sentence with, I'm not trying to be an asshole, chances are whatever you say next are going to make you sound like a total and complete asshole. And that was definitely the case back then. Uh, I cringe. That's one of the ones I cringe looking back on because just totally, I'm calling everyone else hypocritical. hypocritical. I was a total hypocrite because I really truly believe in that man in the mirror advice, but the reality was I was just figuring that out at the time and I had not actually done any of the work myself. Uh, that was really the only thing I knew. I did not know what the journey was going to be like. I didn't know all the work was, it was going to take. I didn't know that I was going to come to the realization that it's chances are it's not everyone around you if you're unhappy. Chances are it's actually you. and every, Because you choose how you get to see everyone around you, how you get to see the world. Uh, you don't get to choose the emotion, but you do get to choose how you feel uh, from that emotion and then how you act based on that. Uh, that was one of the biggest ways I think I've grown up in the past year, uh, not blaming everyone around me, uh, not hating people for doing the exact same things that I'm doing in my own life, uh, and being able to also put myself, uh, just feeling more empathy, putting myself in other people's shoes uh, seeing why they might think the way they think, not just basing everything off what they say. Uh, I know for a long time I was saying things that people were like, what are you talking, like, why are you acting like this? Um, so I think that's really important now is it, 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 you're not perfect. And I, this was a time when I felt like I was figuring everything out and everyone else around me didn't know how to do life. I was the winner of life. I knew what I was doing. Uh, it was total bullshit. I did not know what I was doing. I was literally at step one of now it's been like over a year long journey. It's really been probably a two year long journey if I'm being honest, but I finally feel like I'm at a point where uh, I can be reflective on things like this and understand that that was not the right way to go about things. Um, so yeah, that's what I got to say thinking back on that one. Uh, let's go to the third one. Why would you ever want to make fun of yourself? makes you look bad if i tell people i try to read 10 pages a day what does that make me a nerd is the cute girl in geography class ever going to want to be with a nerd are guys going to want to hang out with some loser who reads it's kind of funny when you say it out loud but it's the type of questions i think we ask ourselves subconsciously every day and i think this is especially true in college as a freshman everyone's meeting everyone for the first time and it makes sense not to draw attention to your faults. Do I want people to know I get pit stains that make it look like I just ran a half marathon just from moving class to class? Of course not. It's embarrassing. Or is it? For me, embarrassment comes from when you can't recognize your own shortcomings until someone else points it out for you. Take my pit stains, for example. If I don't recognize this personal shortcoming, and I walk into class on an unseasonably hot or humid February day, and someone says, look at that doughboy's pit stains, that's nasty. How am I gonna react? Most likely, my face is gonna go tomato red, and my underarms are gonna go from a steady stream to an unrelenting rapid. The shame monster will have prime real estate in this beautiful brain we all get. But what if before a fateful day like this, I look in the mirror and really ask myself, dude, 
What the hell is that? I'll probably still be pretty embarrassed, but now I won't be caught off guard if someone wants to take time out of their perfect lives, because of course there's nothing wrong with them, to point it out. I'm not an antisocial guy, but I'm very selective of who's in my inner circle. I can have a good time with almost anyone, but if I can't get past all the bullshit acting like everything's A-OK -okay all the time, to quote the great Randy Jackson, that's going to be a no from me, dog. If you just take one thing away from my now weekly rant, it's this. Start laughing at yourself or others will do it for you. And that's just keeping it real. <laughs> oh, my God. Again, it's it, I'm like a broken record. I am so embarrassed listening back to that. Um, I'm talking about not basing yourself on what other people think. I'm clearly thinking about what other people think when I'm recording that. Uh, I talk about embarrassment is not being able to recognize your own shortcomings. I talk about everyone else in their perfect lives. Meanwhile, my life was in shambles at this point. I am not in a good place when I recorded this. You have to understand that. Um, that's I am. I'm laughing, but I am so, like. It, it's embarrassing to look back on things you said and you thought you were so right at the time, uh, and you're not. And I wrote about that's what I wrote about in one of my in that first piece I wrote on Tuesday the other day. Um, yeah, self-awareness. It's it's all about self-awareness. I used to be, I felt like so self-aware and then I don't know exactly when it was, but I lost it. Uh, not caring what others think is, it's one of those tricky things because you should care about what others think. Anyone that says, I don't give a fuck about what anyone thinks. Uh, it's all, I don't care, uh, I don't care bullshit you you do care and you should care uh because i was at a point last year where i was like you know what i can do this i'll pull myself up by the bootstraps uh i'll just keep plugging along i don't need anybody i can do this all by myself it's it's bullshit and you should care what others think because it's not all about you i couldn't see that at the time um i'm glad i can look back and be reflective on that um but on a little bit of a more positive note, I think that last part is true to me to this day. Uh, I really can, I think, have a decent time with just about anybody. But if you're going to, uh, I'm a busy guy. If you're going to be in my inner circle, if you're going to be someone I consider a true friend, um, I, I need honesty. I need you to be authentic. I need to hear the truth. Um, that's the biggest thing I've come to find is that's probably one of the most important things for me is the truth, whether that be in, in any aspect of my life. Uh, wow, that's a little bit heavy. <laughs> uh, let's go on to number four. As the spring semester rages on, I've noticed a similar complaint among students. My classes are so boring, it's impossible to pay attention. Let me start by saying, I know the struggle. Sitting in a biology class, hearing the names of cells that sound entirely made up can be very tough. But with that being said, I can't fathom the idea that you can sit in a classroom for between 50 minutes or just over an hour and not find one singular bit of information that is relevant or interesting to you. Take my geography class, for example. Am I interested in learning about a mountain range I'm never going to see that's halfway around the globe? No, not particularly. But when my professor gives an anecdote about how the barbecue marinade style changes 
just by going to a different region within a state down south, I'm all ears. And people will counter this by saying, dude, who cares about that? What are you going to know? What is knowing that going to help you with? To which my response would be A, writing a podcast segment, and B, help you actually enjoy the learning. One of my favorite quotes from Game of Thrones is Peter Dinklage's, I drink and I know things. Now, I don't know much about the drinking, unless it's Orange Fanta, but I can say with certainty that sometimes it's just nice to know things. No, not because it's going to help you get 100% on your next exam or land you your dream job, but rather because it makes you a lot more interesting if instead of making casual small talk, you can come right out with, did you know eligible young women used to be called tomatoes back in the day? The reality is that learning in a classroom probably can't compare to the enjoyment your favorite movie or Netflix show provides. But focusing on what you find interesting, even if it's just one bit of information per class, can make the experience a whole lot more enjoyable. And that's just keeping it <laughs> So real. this was the segment I was referencing the other day where I said I didn't want to be a hypocrite and say, oh, you should feel bad for me for having to go to geology. I just think that's a class that even for a nerd like me is very hard to stay focused in. Uh, I've been skipped the last couple. Uh, but don't worry, Mom. Uh, all the lectures are recorded, so I'll be catching up sometime this weekend. Uh, anyways, uh, the drink and know things part, uh, I agree. I, Looking back, on, I'm, a bro, I, I'm saying the same thing every time, but this was advice given by someone who had not implemented advice to themselves. And I think that is probably one of the most phony things you can do. Uh, I'm kind of I'm, I'm embarrassed by them, but that's why I'm going back through them. I, I want people to be able to look at these things and understand that it's easy to make these mistakes in our lives and it's nothing to feel bad about all you can do is try to get better going forward uh i think i have become a more interesting person by learning about all these different things uh these different life philosophies these different people these you know, people i'm amazed by um i think i've become more well-rounded i think i've learned vicariously through what others have done uh and i'm proud of that uh as far as the as the drinking goes I do want to just touch on that quickly because I, I had to reevaluate kind of the role alcohol is playing in my life. Um, it's easy to fall into the trap where uh, every, life's a party. We're young. We're having ourselves a time. Uh, everything's great. It's fun to play pong. It's fun to do all this stuff. It's fun to drink to the excess. Um, but then I kind of came to the realization with that that uh, there's n a I don't want to be drinking unless there's a reason to celebrate uh, and B even if I am drinking I don't want to be drinking to the point of throwing up I don't want to be drinking massive amounts of alcohol just for what uh, it's not a, especially if it's not that's my point if it's not a celebration and you're binge drinking this massive amounts of alcohol uh, why are you drinking uh, and that was one of my man in the mirror type things where I had to reevaluate the role that that was playing in my life, and I'm not. I wasn't a. I wasn't a freaking alcoholic. I wasn't down in drinks every single day, but I realized that I was drinking at times when I didn't even want to drink, um, and that is, that's leaving me vulnerable. I before I wouldn't talk about it on the podcast. Obviously, I'm not 21, but you know what? If you don't think college kids are drinking, I'm sorry. You're just completely ignorant, and you don't know the culture at all. Um, so yeah, that's my two cents on that. Um, and that's something that, uh, is still, 
going to be something I'm really going to focus on going forward. Uh, let's go on to the next clip. Picture the scene. It's three in the morning, you're lying in bed, and you just made the decision to save your studying for tomorrow. So you can watch more videos like most epic who wants to be a millionaire win ever. I'm talking about the start of the YouTube rabbit hole. Everyone has been there at one point or another, and it really doesn't do any harm if it's just a once in a blue moon occurrence. But lately, I've noticed that YouTube is filled with hidden gems. Like just the other day, I stumbled across full-length episodes of The Dick Cavett Show, and I found myself learning an interview style that we seldom get to see anymore. I would reveal that style, but I'm probably going to start emulating it and act as if it's my own. Cavett also had guests on from all areas of expertise, including the likes of David Bowie, Alfred Hitchcock, and even the great Muhammad Ali. Hearing these icons talk and share their philosophies and experiences is nothing short of fascinating in my eyes. And it teaches you so much if you really listen in. The best part is the Cavett Show is just one example of the great side of YouTube that rarely gets talked about. And it's nice to know that this huge platform can give you more than just 40 minutes of cat videos if you just know what to look for. And listen, I'm definitely not one of those skip college for YouTube videos people. I'm just saying, they sure can help out a lot. And that's just keeping it real. So this is one that I'm actually really still passionate about to this day. I think YouTube, this sounds ridiculous. I know it, it seems absurd and it seemed absurd to me for a long time. YouTube seriously has helped change my life. And the reason for that is because I really started to care about the things I was watching. Uh, I'm not watching, I wasn't just watching crap, stupid videos, uh, top 10 lists, things like that. Those are good if you need a break, if you need to unwind a little bit. But if you want to learn, if you want to grow yourself as a person, you should take, you should care about the things you're watching on YouTube and not just YouTube, the things you're watching all around. I know I'm a comm major. Uh, I'm really starting to see the effects that those kind of things can have. Anyways, let me go back to YouTube. Um, one channel that I really started watching was, it's called The School of Life. And I highly, highly recommend it for anyone interested um, that wants to kind of think about the bigger questions in life. Um, and it talks about so many things that you don't learn in school. You don't learn in a formal education. But it's things that affect everyday decisions and kind of the direction that you're going. Um, I also discovered, I talked about the Dick Cavett show there. That was after seeing one episode of that show. Um, the way that he interviews is something that I really admire because he lets his guests talk. Uh, if you've been listening, I, I had a couple moments the other day where I was just so excited. I cut people off. I not good interviewing, not good interviewing at all. Um, but I really do want to start doing that more where I just want to sit here and anyone I have on as a guest, uh, it's their show when they come on. I, the only thing I want to do is direct the flow of the conversation and maybe add in a, a couple of my own thoughts here and there. Um, but again, YouTube, if you know if you start being conscious of it and you start looking for things that aren't crap, things that are academic, TED Talks. I see so many jokes about TED Talks. Oh, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Thanks for this. TED Talks are freaking unbelievable. I've probably seen 90% of them at this point. Um, and all those talks are just 
given by fantastic speakers. Uh, they know their shit. They know what they're talking about. And they've actually lived through a lot of them. Um, the best ones, I think, are the ones that talk about personal experience. Um, and they let people know that these issues that they're going through, the audience realizes, you know, we're all going through this. This is a universal thing. Um, and so, yeah, I highly, those, those would be my two things I definitely recommend. Um, School of Life channel and TED Talks. I, it sounds corny. It sounds stupid. Check those out and don't just be an active, be an active participant in watching those. Don't just listen and take it as entertainment. Listen and think, how can I apply this to my own life? Uh, I only speak from experience because that's the things I started to do. And I'm just so passionate about it because I'm, I'm in probably the best place in my life I've been in in years. Um, so yeah, let's go on to the last clip here. Like what you like without any qualifier. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Gee, thanks, Socrates. But in all honesty, I don't think it's a bad reminder to give. This idea came to me this week when I saw Tom quote tweet a quote, Inception, I know, from Lady Gaga saying, Gaga is a queen, no funny. Now, this may not seem that significant, but think about how many people out there, specifically guys, would share their Lady Gaga standum to the online masses like that. I could be wrong, but it seems to me that a lot of people tend to only share things that they think will appeal to what others deem acceptable. And I fall victim to the same thing, especially when meeting new people. However, I always try to remind myself that that is no way to go through life. Personally, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Because what's the need for the guilty part? Why should you feel guilty about liking something that gives you pleasure? Is it really because it makes you feel guilty? Or is it because you don't want some internet tough guy to think you're soft? If you think I'm going to answer any of these, you're wrong. As one of the best things about having a podcast is you get to ask the questions. And I think if you really think about it, the answer is pretty clear. And that's just keeping it real. And I think if you really think about it, wow, I really was a master with words, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, in all honesty, I was so self-conscious last year. I was, at times, I felt like I was crippled by anxiety of wondering what other people were thinking about me, um, all this different stuff. Um, and then you come to the terms with everyone's living their own lives. Everyone is dealing with their own struggles. And even if people are a fan of you, even if people hate you, they're probably not thinking about you all that often. And if they are, they pro why are you thinking about other people? That's something I've, I'm still trying to get better with, too, um, is being less judgmental, being less, oh, look what this person's doing. Because the reality is you don't know why that person's doing that. You don't know what that person's going through. Um, you don't know if they're figuring things out. You don't know if something's going on in their life. Um, but yeah, I just I was not... I was focusing so much on everybody else that I, I wasn't looking at, looking at myself in the mirror, the advice I've been given. Um, I cared about things like coming off as tough, coming off as, coming off as the barstool guy, a guy that could potentially work there. I thought I was, basically I was being an actor. I was not being myself. I was not saying things I believed in. Uh, I didn't have the confidence to talk about 
I talked about, oh, I want to talk about real issues and, and things that we t think about but we don't talk about. Well, why wasn't I doing that? I was writing that in my, in my heartfelt pieces, but then I would go on the podcast and I would talk about nonsense. Or if I did talk about a real issue, I would cover it laced in irony so that I wouldn't have to actually stand behind what I was saying. And that's one of my biggest issues I'm realizing um, with thinking about everything in an ironic lens. Irony is great for pointing out hypocrisy. It's great for making a quick joke, getting a quick laugh. But, you know, irony does not change the way people think. And if someone's uneducated, irony can be even more dangerous because they don't realize it's a joke. They, they don't understand that the joke is not... The joke is really on the people who make those kind of jokes. Like shows like shows like Always Sunny, for example, and Curb. These are some of my favorite shows that I watched for years. Um, but something that I had to come to terms with was, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm is a hilarious show, but Larry David in that show is a horrible human being. He is not a good person. And to be acting like Larry David, that's not... That's not the way to go about things. Always Sunny, another example. Watched it for years. It's still one of my favorite shows, but you know, they're terrible people in that show. And that's the the joke is supposed to be if you're acting like any of those characters, you're doing something very wrong. Um it and that can get in my eyes, that can get lost in it. Um whether you're an educated person or not. Uh, and something I've dealt with, something I'm still now, now that I've been learning about all these media effects, all, like a lot of the stuff that people say about, it's not just a show. It's not just a movie. Uh, th these stuff have real impacts on people, and there's research to prove it, and it's going to be something I write about in the future. Uh, I feel really strongly about this because now that I understand the research behind it, um, the academics behind it, and I look at my own life, I, in at points, I'm like, oh, my God, how did I not understand that I was turning into these characters? What, and you know what? Maybe you disagree. Maybe you disagree. But I'm going to write about it in the future. I hope you guys take a look at it. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I know this, is, this, this was not a lighthearted episode at all. Um, but I think it's important if I'm going to be someone going forward that talks about making change, talks about being self-reflective. Um, I better start doing that myself. That's why I really wanted to shed some light on these things. I also just, before I wrap up today, I think it's important that I talk about that piece I wrote yesterday. I don't know if people have seen it or read it um, called When Was America Great? Um, I used to be very scared about politics because I like people on all ends of the political spectrum. But I'm at the point in my life now where I have two options. I can either be learning these things in classes and be internalizing them, being angry about them, being pissed off about them and bottling it up and saying, oh, my God, I don't know how people don't know about this stuff. Or I can be an active learner and an active participant in this and take the things that I'm learning in these classes taught by some fantastic professors. And these people know what they're talking about. Um, and I want to turn this platform into a more educational experience and also a platform where people can write on it and express their voices. Let me make that very clear. I'm looking for writers. This is not going to be a one-man show going forward. Um, Jake wrote a piece for me the other day. 
I said, I said, Jake wrote a piece for me the other day. No, Jake contributed the other day. He added a piece. He's has another one coming in. Um, uh, Nicole, this girl I met, she's going to be writing a piece that's coming out in the next couple days too. And I want to put it out there. If you feel like you have something to say, if you have something you're passionate about, I don't care if it's sports, technology, philosophy, life, whatever you want it to be. I don't do word counts. I don't do any of that crap. Uh, I'm just looking for people that want their voice to be heard and they want a place where they can express themselves without feeling like, oh, I'm going to get judged. I'm going to do this. I've never done this before. Um, I think I've already made myself look like an idiot so many times. It would be very hard for you to top that. Uh, that's my that's my arrogance. I don't think you could be more stupid than me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really am. I'm looking for writers. I'm looking for people that want to help out. Um, yeah, and and don't hesitate to reach out for anything. Uh, I want to be I want to be a resource for people. I don't want to just be in my own world doing my own thing. Uh, I want this to be kind of something special. I know that sounds stupid or whatever, but I don't I don't want this to be like everything else. I want there to be a real connection between the listener, um, the reader, and me, Tom, and and anyone else that wants to jump on board and start start putting themselves out there. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of. If someone doesn't like a piece, all that's going to happen is maybe they leave a bad comment. Uh, maybe they unfollow you. Did you really want them to follow you in the first place? Uh, I know for anyone listening, you know, that's not, that's just following me for, to keep up appearances. I don't want your fake follow. I, I don't want someone that's just looking, looking from the distance at what's going on. Um, if someone's going to be following me, I really want them to be looking at the content and looking at the things that um, the site is putting out. So, yeah, unfollow me. <laughs> In short, unfollow me if that's not going to be you. I don't care. Um, these last few posts I've put out on my personal Instagram have gotten um, well, one where the most vulnerable piece I've ever written. It gets 100 likes. It was the most impactful thing I've put out in a long time. I'm getting replies from people saying... I've been going through the same things. Um, it's nice to see that there's other people going through it. Um, and that means so much more to me than getting 400 likes on a stupid picture with a funny caption. Uh, that's being completely entirely real. Uh, the piece I wrote about when was America great, it got 30 likes, but I hope that people read that and a couple of things they just kind of took for granted. They start questioning it a little bit i hope you didn't completely flip your ideas based on one post that's not what i believe in um that post was more to say the, the theme of today is just to look at yourself and say do i believe the things i believe in because of external influences or do i really in my heart of hearts believe in this stuff uh, i totally believe in asking ourselves those questions uh, so let me think. Uh, I think that is just about everything I wanted to hit on today. Let me think. Yeah, and my message going forward is the motto is going to be occasionally funny, always real. Uh, I knew it in my subconscious last year. I knew how I wanted the site to develop. Uh, I didn't realize all the personal development I had to do back then, but I feel like I've put in the time. I've put in hundreds of hours. I've read thousands of pages of different material. 
And just the last thing I want to say uh, before wrapping up the podcast today is I've been taking a lot of history classes this year, if you, ha- if you haven't been able to tell. Um, and something I finally clicked with me was the idea of a primary source. And what that means, you know, everyone, might, people might be able to give me the definition of a primary source, something written during that time, actual time period. I ask you, I leave you with one thing to think about at the end of this podcast today. And that is, what's going to be the primary sources of today? Um, things like your Twitter account, things like your Instagram account, anything you write, anything you put online, that will one day, maybe it's 100 years in the future, maybe it's 200 years in the future, that could be something that people look back on as the ideas and thoughts of that time period. And I want to make sure, we all hear the phrase, be on the right side of history. I want to make sure that whatever I leave behind is going to show the real person I was and the things that I stood for. And I'm not going to be silent if I think something's wrong. I'm done with doing that. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. I don't care if you disagree. I got to tell what I think. And I will stand by whatever I say. And that's going to be my mindset going forward. I hope people can understand where I'm coming from with all this stuff. And yeah, if you've been listening, if you've been reading, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. It really means a lot to me. I don't want to be, I want to be doing something I love. I love producing these writing pieces. I love doing the podcast every week. And I love that I finally started working with other people. And yeah, if you want to, you want to start helping out, you want to start pitching in emails in my bio, DM me on Instagram, uh, text me if you have my number. Uh, I'm looking for help. We're all in this together. Uh, So yeah, that's my my big podcast for the week. I'm, I want to clarify just one last time for that piece on Tuesday. I am doing better than I have been in a very long time. And that's why I wanted to share that piece. Uh, no matter what you're going through right now, trust me, make your bed, do the little things, make a small change and just keep trying to keep trying to improve every day. Growth mindset instead of fixed mindset. Um, so yeah, that's that. That's podcast today. And be back on track next week. We'll have Tom back and hopefully we'll have ourselves a guest or something. Uh, Thanks for listening.